0: Welcome, wombat folk and trolls, sorcerers, and orcs to Rated RPG, the fantasy role-playing podcast where we toss dice and have fun adventures with our friends. This is The Valley of Green Gold, Episode 1. I'm Jason Stevens, and I'm the Game Master for this experience. At the end of this episode, we'll tell you more about Rated RPG and share a bit more about the Valley of Green Gold. But let's jump right in and meet our first player and his character. Hello, Aaron Yonda. Hello, it's me. How are you doing? This is is really cool because you are playing a character that is the same homebrew race as the character that was submitted by one of our patrons, Spidey Mouse.
1: Yes. And, uh, you know, like, I didn't have any choice once I knew that I could play this kind of a character. I was like, yep, that's, that's my choice made. Awesome. Well, let's meet your character. What's your
0: character's name, first of all? Wendell the Wombat. Wendell the Wombat. Now, Wendell
1: the Wombat is a wombat folk. That's right. He's a wombat folk. And a wombat folk is essentially a bipedal wombat. Yep. They're, you know, they're kind of small, um, but they're, yeah, they're frisky. Very frisky. Uh, Well, let's meet Wendell. Wendell,
0: I'm talking to Wendell now. I'm not talking to Aaron anymore. Wendell, you were just born. You're no bigger than a plum. You're blind, and you're hairless, and you're cold. You're, You're actually freezing to death. You're virtually helpless, Wendell, but you have one driving urge. You smell something sweet and rich, and you don't know what it is, but your instincts are driving you to crawl toward this smell. Give me an athletics check, please, Wendell.
1: Oh, oh my. Alright, um, here we go. Oh, ouch. Five.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're not very good at crawling because you are a helpless baby, wombat folk. That's sad, but uh, you still try nonetheless. You don't know what you're crawling through, by the way. It's coarse and it's thick and it scrapes against your skin, which is delicate and fresh and pink, and it hurts. But you continue dragging your useless body toward what you hope is safety. Give me another athletics
1: check, please. Oh man, I'm just a baby and I already have a low self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> Eight! Am I rolling on a d10? I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> no,
0: you're on a d20. You're just rolling horribly. Uh-huh. Get these horrible
1: rolls out of the way as an infant. That's... Good. Yeah, good. that's that's the way you do it. Get them out of the way when you're a kid. Well, you continue to
0: crawl and you don't make much progress. Uh, after struggling for your entire life, all 15 minutes of it so far, the delightful scent grows stronger. Give me one more athletics check, this time with advantage. As you've you've bolstered your strength, you have hope. Uh, oh, 13. I'm learning. Finally, you're able to dig your clawless little hands into this surface and find a warm, safe place. This is different, the delightful scent is strong and it fills you with the sense of security and the scratchy stuff that you've been struggling to crawl through gives way to a soft warm snug cave. This is your mother's pouch, Wendell, and inside you find the life-giving milkies that will sustain
1: you for the next six months. Congratulations, Wendell, you've survived. Mm. All right, (laughs) I'm mildly disturbed by this information, but um, I guess I'm a baby, so. Well, see,
0: Wendell was born deep within the cozy burrow of your wombat folk parents. What were their
1: names? Uh, It's got to start with a W, so let's see. Um, My father's name was uh, Wenceslas. (laughs) My mother's name is uh, Wendy, the wombat. Wendy and Wenceslas. That's right.
0: Wonderful. And what's the last name? What's your family, like, last name? Oh,
1: no, wombats don't have last names.
0: Okay, all right, cool. We don't don't Uh, need them. We
1: only live for 30
0: years. Barely. You'll find out. You'll find out. Oh, God. As the months passed, you got bigger and stronger inside of Wendy's pouch, and you grew familiar with two voices. One was soft and sweet, and the other one was deep and scary. One spring day, you heard that sweet voice call out,
1: Wendell, little Wendell, it's time to come out and see the world. What? Oh, oh my god. Okay, yes, mother. I'm on my way. Uh, let me just
0: climb out. You climb out, you emerge, you're strong enough that you don't need to make any sort of rolls for this. And your mother says to you, hello, little Wendell. Now, this is the first time you've seen your mother. She is soft and pudgy, big brown eyes and thick brown fur. There are some small flecks of gray fur around her face and her head. She's wearing a long cloak with a small blue flower embroidered on it. It's kind of like, you know, dirty brownish colored. And uh, your mother says, kind of shouts out into the room, Wenceslas, come and meet your son Wendell. A larger figure enters the room after a few minutes. His hands and feet are caked with muddy dirt and his face is stern and it shows more gray fur than your mother's. He's wearing a long, dirty shirt of some kind. Is that the kid? All right, I've met him. I gotta get back to work. These tunnels won't dig themselves, Wendy. Eddie quickly
1: turns and walks away. Uh, hello. Hello, Father. Uh, goodbye. Don't mind him,
0: Wendell. He, your father is just... a. Uh... He's just like he
1: is, okay? He's He loves you. I don't think he likes me. I don't think he likes me. Well, I think he loves you. I That's just your father. I just... I'm gonna want to climb back in the pouch again. Go to sleep. You can't. You're done in the pouch. You're cooked. It's time for you to learn things, Wendell. Oh. Oh, learn things? Like what?
0: Well, I'm gonna teach you how to dig into how to burrow. You have to dig and burrow with your powerful
1: claws, Wendell. Oh, is that all? Well, I'll teach you what roots and what plants are tasty and which ones will kill you. Oh, that's... that's not enough. I want more than that. I want so much more, Mother. So much more. I will teach you how to use your thick, luscious butt. Oh, yes. My butt. Us wombat
0: folks have thick hide and plates of cartilage on our butt and our backs, and it gives us some protection. In certain situations, if we're attacked by a bear or something, uh, we can burrow down into the ground and, and we, we don't get as badly hurt because it the, our butts are so thick.
1: I can use my extremely hard ass cheeks to protect myself. That's
0: right, Wendell. Yes. And there's more, too. It, you can dig down into a tunnel and if something follows you down into the tunnel... You can smash your butt against them into the wall of the burrow and you can crush their skulls,
1: Wendell. Oh, oh, wonderful. Crushing their skulls with my ass. Beautiful. (laughs) Thank you, Mother. For this wonderful gift. Oh, you're welcome, Wendell. I love you.
0: Uh, yay! Now you'd come to know your father, Wenceslas, as a stern, humorless wombat. Folk had no time for playing catch or reading storybooks to you, and he would spend most of his time foraging underground for tubers and roots to sell to the merchants who occasionally came to the community. But nobody really talked to you about any of that stuff. Anytime the subject of people or other creatures coming to the community came up, uh, they would just tell you, "Don't ask questions." Outsiders are evil. Don't worry about it. Just get back to digging up tubers.
1: Father is an asshole.
0: So your mother teaches you how to dig and how to burrow, and she teaches you how to use your butt as a weapon and as a defensive tool. But one thing that you didn't have to learn was how to poop cubes.
1: That's just that comes naturally, obviously. Do you find that puzzling, Wendell? No, not at all. I love to um poop cubes and then make little buildings. As a a young wombat, I had a lot of fun playing with stones. I would pretend they were wombats and then they would fight and climb the poop cubes. (laughs) Well, your mother uh, sees you playing around with these poop cubes one day and she goes, Wendell, what are you doing with your poop? Stacking it as high as I can stack it, Mother. I want to stack it all the way to the roof of our burrow and see how much poop cubes i can stack
0: that's horrible wendell that is your feces you need to throw that out you can't don't disregard please disregard your dookie wendell
1: well but you're disregarding my ability to stack these blocks mother to the top of our rooftop don't you find that exceptional don't you find me amazing I do, Wendell. You're the smartest wombat folk I've
0: ever met. But, you know, your father would get very mad if he came home and found all of this feces
1: everywhere. Father is feces.
0: Oh, Wendell, you don't say those things about your father. You know, by the way, your father has worked very hard to make sure we have plenty of food to eat.
1: Oh, yeah, that's all he does is work very hard. I don't even know him. I don't care about him, Mother. Look,
0: your brother and sister, Woodrow and... What's your sister's
1: name? Well... Wait. No, not wait. Not wait. Um, <laughs> Wendigo. and Your sister Wendigo
0: are stopping by in two sleeps because that is the the anniversary of your emergence. See, you've been doing this poop cube stacking stuff and learning and hanging around the house. You've been doing that already for almost three years. It's going to be three years in like two days.
1: So they have, like, a celebration that they're going to have for you. Oh, wow, Mother, that's so fantastic. I know what I want for my birthday. What? A hat. A hat? Yes. Oh, what kind of a hat? A nice, big, floppy one. Uh, Oh, okay. Uh, To set me apart from other wombats. Oh, Wendell, but you don't want to be set apart from other
0: wombats. Wombat folk are proud and... and we we all fit in. We don't make waves.
1: Well maybe I could maybe I could still be proud with the hat. What's wrong with the hat, mother?
0: I will think about it, okay, Wendell? I'll think about it.
1: I'll make my own
0: hat out of poop cubes. The community you lived in was called sedge willow and it consisted of about 50 different burrows of different families dug into the hillside surrounding a large array of willow trees and hilly scrub brush. Now the only above ground buildings that you could ever see, because you only emerged from the burrow maybe once or twice a day for a short period of time, you could see a couple of small shacks built alongside a nearby road. You were not allowed over there. Only a few of the village elders were there uh, to sell things to travelers, whether it was tubers or plants or things they found underground or whatever. You're not allowed over there. Your mother has warned you tons to avoid the dangers of the outside world. So it's the day before your birthday and your mother, Wendy comes in and she says, Wendell, I have good news. Uh, It's, It's your uh,
1: birthday gift. I've decided that I'm going to make you a hat. (gasps) Oh, my dream will come true on my third birthday. Yes. Unbelievable, Mother. Oh, and also your father died this morning. What? Yeah, so... uh, Died? Yes. He was so young. Well, no, not really. I mean, it may seem that way to you, but...
0: Uh, eighteen years old is is quite good for a wombat, folk. And anyway, we have to bury him. So if you have a minute, if you could go get the sled, uh, we have to load him on the skid and uh, drag him over to the
1: graveyard. But mother, you can't just gloss over this. Uh, that if 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 he dies at eighteen, that means I will die when I'm only fifteen years older. That means I only have fifteen birthdays left potentially. If I'm Doing the math right. If you get to 15 more, that's wonderful. You you had five other brothers and
0: sisters who didn't make it to 12, so... What? Your chances are actually pretty... Yeah, they're not good, Wendell.
1: When were you going to tell me this, Mother?
0: Why would I tell you this? You get so upset, Wendell.
1: Yes, I am getting upset. Why are you telling it now? This is the worst birthday present ever. Come on, you're being dramatic. Uh, fine. I'll help you carry Father's dead corpse. Where are we taking it? Oh, up over the hill to the graveyard. I mean, Uh,
0: the fertile place. The fertile place. That's a very sacred place, Wendell. Really? You and your mother load your father's corpse on this skid, and you uh, drag it up over the hill. As you get over the hill, you see three other wombat families burying their loved ones in kind of in a big row. You know, you get over and you stand next to them, and your mother quickly digs a trench, and she says... Oh, Wenceslas, we put you in the fertile place, and you will return to the loam to fertilize the food of tomorrow, just as nature intended. And she slides him off the skid, and then she quickly buries him,
1: and kind of stamps her feet on the dirt, and she says, Ah, well, that's done. That's that's it? That's where Father... Uh, lives now? but He doesn't live there. He rots there. He turns into fertilizer. Look out of the... Look at this field.
0: And you look out, and this is an enormous field, several acres of the most delicious-looking grasses and a little vegetable garden. And you realize that this is where all, almost all of the food that your village consumes comes from. And there's no grave markers here. It's just dozens of fresh graves sort of fading out as new crops grow over the top of them. And with the size of this field, there's hundreds, maybe even thousands, of dead wombat folk buried here.
1: So wait, let me get this straight, Mother. When we die, we just become food for other wombats.
0: No, Wendell. We become food for the plants that then become food for us.
1: Oh, that's... Wow, that's not very exciting. I had hoped for something more interesting to happen Oh, when we die. Are you sure there's no other option? We just go in the ground and turn into plants? Oh, I think that's the best option. In fact, when I die, I want to go right in the ground, right next to your father. Hmm. Okay, I'll remember that, Mother. Okay. But I don't want you to die.
0: Oh, it's gonna happen, Wendell. It's just a matter
1: of time. Uh. And so will you. You're going to die, too. And it's great. It's going to be just fine. But, Mother, there has to be some way to stop it.
0: (laughs) Oh, Wendell. And she starts walking back, dragging the empty skid back to your burrow. Now, you go to sleep that night. What are you thinking? What has Wendell tossing and turning?
1: Well, mostly I'm thinking about, uh, he's thinking about his hat, what it will look like and, you know, where he's going to wear it and the stuff he's gonna do but um yeah then he has some bad dreams what kind of bad dreams wendell dreams that his father comes back to life and climbs out of his grave and comes after wendell oh cut to wendell thrashing in his bed no 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 father you're dead i saw you die help He's coming for me. Your mother shakes you awake. Wendell, you're having a bad dream. Mother, father's alive. I, I saw him. He he came out of the ground. He's coming for both of us. That's not a thing that ever happens, Wendell. It's a bad dream. You need to
0: stop thinking about these things and get your mind back on, you know, just digging up tubers and and roots. And, you know, tomorrow morning I will have your birthday gift for you when you wake up. Yes.
1: Yes, my hat. Oh, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'll go right back to sleep, Mother, and I'll see you in the morning. All right. For a glorious day in my life. Okay.
0: And she gives you a kiss on the forehead and tucks you in there and she leaves the room.
1: I love you, Mother. I love you too, Wendell.
0: She shouts from down the corridor. Yay. So you uh, get some good sleep. You wake up. And it is your Emergence Celebration Day. Three years old you are, and you wake up, and you wipe the sleep out of your eyes. What do you do?
1: Oh, ow, oh, I have like a crick in my back. Oh, is this what happens when when you get old? I'm only three. Is that old? I don't even know. I hate this. I don't want to age. I want to stop aging completely. No more birthdays after this. Mother? Mother, is my hat done? There's silence. Mother, I would like to wear my hat
0: outside today. Again, you hear nothing from the rest of the burrow. Perhaps your mother's outside gathering fescue or apple bark for breakfast.
1: I run into the kitchen to, uh, pre- to grab some grass. I'm starving. I'm rapacious.
0: As you run into the kitchen, on the floor, you see your mother's lifeless body <gasps> covered in maple syrup frosting and bits of fescue and apple
1: bark. Mother! Mother, wake up! You've fallen asleep underneath breakfast. Mother?
0: Her skin is cold. furs matted. She's been lying there for a while. I, I, I uh, he shakes her. Nothing.
1: Mother, wake up! Wake up!
0: Wake up, Mother! No matter how hard you shake
1: her, or how you plea for her to wake up, she doesn't. She is dead. Um, I look around for something in the kitchen that I could revive her with. What is there?
0: You look around and you see pots and pans and some utensils next to the uh, little fire cook stove. Nothing catches your eye immediately, but then you see a brightly wrapped package. Now, wombat folk don't generally get down with colorful papers, but Sometimes on special occasions, your mother especially, was known to buy bits of ribbon and things like that from some of the merchants in the Wombat folk community. This is some very fancy looking shiny red paper that is wrapped up in a kind of in a ball sitting on the counter.
1: I grab the pots and pans and I start um, trying to revive her by slapping her body with them. All right, give me a medicine check
0: with disadvantage. (laughs)
1: <laughs> 19
0: oh, 10. okay uh you slammed the pans and pots into her lifeless body and maybe if she had just fallen dead it could have worked but she has been gone too long and you're unable to start the life process over again your mother wendy the wombat is dead how old was she do i know She didn't talk much about it. You assume that she was close to 20 years old.
1: Mother, I can't believe this. This is is outrageous. That's what this is.
0: Just as you're saying that, the door to your burrow creaks open and down the stairs comes your older brother. What did I say his name was? Woodrow. Uh, Woodrow. Woodrow comes down the stairs. You don't like Woodrow very much because he's, he's dim-witted. He comes downstairs
1: and he says, Hey, what's going on? Did mom die? Yes. Yes, she's dead. Help me revive her. There must be a way. It's not too late. Revi- revive What is even revive? What is that? Bring her back. No, 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 no. You don't bring back. Dead. Gotta go get the skid. It's my birthday today. We were supposed to celebrate. She was going to make me a hat. Oh. She has to come back and finish my hat. Oh, happy birthday. Oh, thanks. I didn't get you anything. Oh, well, you never do. <laughs> no. Uh, what do you want? Why are you here? Uh, I had... I came to, uh... She kicked you out of the burrow a long time ago. I assume for good reason. I don't know. Anyway, I came over to borrow something. Uh, no, I don't remember what it was. Anyway... I'll get the skid. The skid. Oh no. Are we taking mother to the, the fertile place? Yeah, I gotta take her to the fertile place. That's detestable. Can I just keep her here for a while? Ugh. Gross. No. That's filthy. You, you get bugs and stuff. I You get bugs? Uh, okay. Well, whatever you say. I guess you are older than me. You probably know what you're doing. Maybe. I'm not sure. Doesn't sound like it sometimes. Fine. Go get the sledge. Leave me alone with her for a minute. Uh, okay. Don't do anything weird. I wasn't planning on it. Now maybe I will, though. <laughs> he saunters up
0: the stairs. He doesn't saunter. <laughs> he, uh, he sort of slunches up the stairs. <laughs> he's he's the laziest wombat folk you've
1: ever met. That's what's wrong with wombats. My brother, he's the perfect example of why we aren't respected in society. I want the moment alone with my mother. I, I grabbed a gift. Okay. Mother... Is this my hat? Is this my, all I will have left of you after this? There's a little tag on it. Uh, uh, Do I know how to read? Yeah, you can read Wombat Folk. And your mother actually,
0: she used to read uh, storybooks to you that her mother or father or grandfather got for her from a, you know, a merchant a long time ago. But you learned how to read Common and Wombat Folk. What does it say? To my dearest Wendell the smartest wombat folk I have
1: ever met. Oh, thank you, mother. Thank you for this. What? This is just a hat, right?
0: I unwrap it rapidly. It is a hat. And not only is it a hat, but your mother must have known you very, very well. It is exactly the
1: type of hat that you wanted. Now, could you, can you describe this hat? The hat looks like a top hat, um, but it's all, like, sort of patchwork. It almost looks like if you turned, you know, a small quilt into a top hat. Oh, wow. Excellent. Yeah. Lovely. Does it have, like, a buckle on it or a hat pin or anything? What would be something that wombat folk, well, like, they could find, like, underground or something, maybe.
0: Maybe, like, an old coin Yeah, something? that's cool.
1: There's a belt that goes around the hat, and it's got a an old coin sort of inlaid in, like, where the buckle would be.
0: Yeah, there's this old coin, but it's very difficult to make it out. It looks like it had been in the dirt for a very, very long time.
1: Yeah, and it was something I discovered, actually, um, in my diggings. Um, I, dug, I dug out from my room oh, um, a little bit and, and, you know, when I was bored and sort of created a couple of tunnels that I could escape to when Father was home.
0: Well, you found this coin, and your mother must have gotten it out of your room at some point and put it into your hat, which is pretty cool, into that belt, that strap.
1: Oh, mother. Thank you so much for this. I will treasure this forever. And someday I will figure out a way to pay you back for this.
0: Well, just then, thump, 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 thump. Here comes Woodrow,
1: slunking down the stairs with the skid. Uh... Got skid? Yes, I see that. Okay, let's load Mother onto the skid. What's that? What do you got? Uh, um, It's a hat. It's not something you would understand. It looks stupid. Huh. Uh, no, it doesn't. Uh, well, help me load Mom's body on this thing. Yep.
0: Hey, is that is that fescue and apple bark? Oh, maple syrup?
1: Yeah, I, I think she was making me something. Oh, lucky. Okay, well, when we
0: get back, I want to eat some of that.
1: Uh, Well, it's my birthday treat. I don't... I don't think so. Oh, you're you're like banned from this burrow after this. This is my burrow now. Huh. Okay, whatever. Nobody comes in this burrow ever ever again except me. Uh, okay. Y- is that is that clear? Yeah. Uh huh. Tell you what, I will give you some of this stuff if you promise never to come in my burrow again. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh huh.
0: Deal. And he helps you load your mother onto the skid, and you drag her up over the hill to the wombat folk fertile place. And you place her in the ground next to your father. Uh, When you dig down, are you careful to not disturb your father's body? No. In fact, I want to check it out and make sure he's still there. Okay. Are you trying to keep this sort of secret from your brother? Because he's kind of hanging around. Yeah. Give me a stealth check. 16. Wonderful. Your brother is very dim-witted. So it's not hard to exhume part of your father without him really noticing. Uh, he's- he's there. He kind of looks exactly the same as he did when you put him in the ground.
1: Ah, still dead, I see, Father. Good. Good.
0: Are you wearing your hat?
1: Yes. Your brother says like, why- why are you wearing that? It's to- it's- it's for decoration. To make me feel extra special. To make me feel like I'm something great. Oh, okay. Why do you care so much about it? Uh, I don't. Good. Let's just finish this. Uh, Do you place your mother in the grave or do you let your brother Woodrow do it? No, I do it. Okay, you
0: put her in, in her grave. Do you say anything? Do you say anything like she said? or?
1: Yes. What do you say? Mother, I lay you to rest on this day, my birthday. You lived far too short of a life. Mother, I will never forget what you've done for me. You are going to be the inspiration... For everything I do in my life, someday I will make wombat folk amazing, and not just like my brother, dull and stupid. He doesn't even hear what you said. He's watching a
0: butterfly, (laughs) and uh, together you finish the job, you bury your mother, and head back to the burrow. I stack 16 poop cubes on top of the grave. Okay. (laughs) Nobody stops you from doing that, but... A couple of the other wombat folk families that are nearby, burying their loved ones, give you a weird side eye. First of all, you're wearing this hat. You stand out a lot wearing <laughs> this hat, and so they they're giving you side eye for the hat. And now you're now are these fresh poop cubes, or did you bring them with you? Now they were ones that I had for a while that I was, you know, doing things with. Where where do you carry things? Because you, you don't have a pouch because you're a male wombat folk.
1: Well, I put them on the, the sledge. Oh, okay. Okay. So they kind of sneer at you when you leave the
0: cemetery. I hiss at them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they They immediately recoil in fear. This is a strange noise. They've never heard such a thing for a wombat folk to make. Stay away from me. Nobody says anything to you. They turn
1: and get back to doing what they were doing out of fear, it seems. So what do you do now? I run. I run. I scamper. Mm-hmm. I scamper back to my burrow. Okay. And I pack the entrance full of dirt as best I can to stop the outside world from entering.
0: Do you attempt to put up any sort of an alarm or just the dirt?
1: No, I put a I take I slide the cupboard over in front of the okay the entrance and and lean it. What's in the cupboard, do you think? Um, there was some uh, dishes. Okay. Okay. If if somebody comes through that,
0: that'll definitely
1: make some noise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So now what do you do? Now I hatch a plot. I wait for nightfall, which I assume wombats can determine whether it's, yes. you know, they're in a hole or not. So night falls, and what do you do? I dig a tunnel from my burrow to the fertile place.
0: (laughs) All right. You don't have to make any sort of rolls or checks for this. You have sort of a sense for where that is based on uh, location and you know how to dig really well. So it doesn't take you very long to get to where you believe the fertile place
1: is. I also left those cubes of poop there, which were mine. And so quite likely I'll be able to smell out where you know, the location is that I'm looking for. You don't have exceptional eyesight.
0: Wombat folk don't have dark vision. Uh, Instead, when they're underground, they often just rely on their sense of smell to, to find food and things like that. But as you said, it's your poop cubes. You know what they smell like. You know your own poop smell. So you are able to find your mother's body pretty quickly. After you get over to the fertile place,
1: I retrieve it and drag it back to my burrow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you Edgeen your way back—that's one way to look at it, I guess. <laughs> you, uh, Norman Bates, you—that's <laughs> another way to look at it. So you get
0: back into your burrow with your mother's uh, fresh corpse. And uh, by the way, this is a wonderful first episode of the Valley of Green Gold. I will say, <laughs> uh, this will—if look—if you're like, oh, this is a bridge too far. Well, thank you for checking it out, and goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Come
1: on, I'm a, the- I'm
0: a necromancer. What do you expect? Well, you're not a necromancer yet.
1: No, I'm working on it. You definitely have a trajectory going. So, what do you do to your mom's body? I don't do anything to it. I put it in a box oh okay and i shove it into the ground it's still visible to me
0: you dig a little side tunnel and you find a crate that perhaps your father used to use for transporting things and you stuff your mother's body in that respectfully stuff her in there And then slide it into this opening, right?
1: Yeah. Okay. It's kind of like in Skyrim, you know, where you would go into those caves and they'd be laid to rest on those, like, sort of uh, bunk bed graves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Okay. So then what do you do? Then I dig my way back to the graveyard and those people that were uh, staring at me, I dig up their loved one. Okay. You're able to do that without any problems. Drag it back. Put it in a similar place, um, but then I begin my research. What are you trying to research, exactly? I'm just trying to figure out, like, what it is about wombats that makes our lifespan so short, what makes us tick. Sure, sure,
0: okay. One of the things that you have, one of the possessions that you have uh, that was given to you by uh, your mother and father when you were uh, about a year younger was a, a knife, a dagger. And give me an investigation check. Fifteen. Marvelous. Uh, You realize that examining the exterior of a wombat folk is only going to tell you so much. You look at
1: the dagger, you realize what you have to do. I begin with the cutting. All right, you begin cutting. Uh, Give me a medicine check now. When I make my first incision, I say, this is for you, mother. Wonderful. Nineteen medicine check. Now the rolls are happening. All right, so you dissect
0: this body in a very official way. It just comes naturally to you to basically perform an autopsy. And as you are looking over this wombat folk, one thing that you find almost immediately is the secret to a mystery that the wombat folk never really cared much about how do they poop cubes well you notice it happens in the intestines and it's because of the muscle structure
1: of the intestines it just makes cubish poops fascinating i've always wondered (laughs) how we create these cubes from our bodies and now i understand And you're probably the first wombat folk to ever figure
0: it out. It bolsters your curiosity. You really believe in
1: yourself that you could figure this out. What more can I learn from this? This is uh, amazing. I love it. So now what do you do? I uh, dig my way, after um, finishing with this body, I dig my way back to the graveyard and over the course of uh, however long of a time. I. End up dragging, you know, a big chunk of the uh, deceased wombats from the graveyard to a series of tunnels that I build near my own burrow. All right. And that is the end of episode one. Perfectly normal thing to do. Wendell the
0: Wombat is... And I will not hear otherwise. Amassing a
1: large stockpile of of dead bodies. (laughs) That's right. Excellent. I gathered up as many wombat bodies as I could (laughs) and began the process of learning.
0: Thank you for listening to the Rated RPG Podcast, The Valley of Green Gold, Episode 1. Uh, You know, we started working on this about a year ago, months and months, hundreds of hours have been spent planning for this adventure. We used the system, Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition, to kind of lay the groundwork. And then suddenly, a few weeks ago, uh, there were some big waves made in the world of TTRPGs, which put a lot of folks like us kind of on our heels. But you know, our goal with the Rated RPG Podcast stays the same toss dice and have fun adventures with our friends. We'll keep you posted if we should opt to shift to another system at some point. But for now, we're sticking with mechanics that we're all familiar with from our previous adventure, Descent into Avernus. Now, speaking of that previous adventure, as it was coming to a conclusion, we put a lot of fake commercials and teasers for the Valley of Green Gold in a number of those podcast episodes, and they contain details that might come in pretty handy as you listen to the uh, episodes that are yet to come in the Valley of Green Gold. We've compiled all of those fake commercials and teasers for you and you'll hear them at the very end of this episode. Rated RPG would not be possible without the tremendous support of our Patreon friends like Spidey Mouse, Grey Wolf 99 and Bossa Nova Bill. We have 6 Patreon tiers by the way including one that makes you an honorary member of the gorgeous Phoenix Brigade like Anna, Scott McGrath and Mongoose. Some of our Patreon tiers get you our Rated RPG t-shirt and mentioned in newspaper headlines in the game. The top tier allow you to influence the adventure with lavish gifts or cursed items like Duke's Turtle and Crow, or by making potentially game-changing decisions like Lord Deputy Chris Fail. We have a tier where you're dead in a bucket. It's called Bucket of Friends, and sadly, Great White Spark, or what's left of him, is in the Bucket of Friends. All of those Patreon tiers go to help us make this show happen. Not just the Rated RPG podcast, but the monthly Rated RPG live stream, which happens on the last Tuesday night of each month. For all the info you need, you can go to ratedrpgpodcast.com All of our patrons get admission to our new Rated RPG Discord server, and they get a shot at winning cool prizes. We have once-a-month prize drawings. For everything you need to know, go to ratedrpgpodcast.com. And now, here are all of our previously published teasers and fake commercials for the Valley of Green Gold. If you want action in Merchant Harbor, you know where to go. The Greasy Lizard. Hey, this is the one and only Don Goose. Come on down to my place. The Greasy Lizard in Merchant Harbor. If you're new in town, your first drink's on me. The Greasy Lizard. What are you gonna do, go to that goblin joint? You tell him, Don Goose. Calm yourself down, baby. The Greasy Lizard. Open every day of the week, every night of the week. Come on down, you're fresh in town, it don't matter. Get off the boat, you come and see me, Don Goose. As the sun sets, the Red-Bellied Fire Gecko emerges from his home within a decaying log. He's a big, bold fellow, weighing no less than five kilos, and nearly a meter from snout to tail. There are many varieties of gecko here in the moist lands of Crow Island, and the Red-Bellied Fire Gecko is the king. This one has spotted a feral dog. This dog may be larger than the gecko and Toothia, but that's where the gecko's secret weapon comes in. Using his camouflage, he creeps closer to his prey, and from nearly 30 feet away, he launches a bolt of flame at his quarry. A fatal hit. And now back to the countdown. I'm Kasari Kasam. Now we're up to our long distance dedication. This one goes out across the sea. It's from a woman in the city of Baxter, and here's what she writes. Dear Kasari, my long distance dedication is for my boyfriend Alphonse, who has taken an important and dangerous job on Crow Island. It was my dream to get married before he left, but I woke up one morning and he was just gone. I hope he made it to Merchant Harbor safely and I won't stop worrying or crying until he comes home safe and sound. Signed, Haga Crum. Well Haga, we hope Alphonse comes home to you too. And for her long-distance dedication, she's requested a bard from Crow Island who just entered the countdown at number 38 this week. Here's Argus Hawksong with Girl in the Wood. I'm, Jim, I'm telling you, you can't come out of an up-tempo number with a boyfriend left me dedication. It's fucking ponderous.
1: I was singing to the birds when I found you. Now I'm chasing your memory, girl in the wood. Were you a dream or were you for real? Now a hole in my heart is all that I feel. Looking for you in everyone's eyes Looking for you, are you in disguise? Looking for you, girl in the wood Looking
0: for you, you're looking so good Imagine spending the rest of your days living in paradise, enjoying the life You've worked so hard to earn. Well, that dream can be a reality at Mi Bay Beachside Estates on Crow Island. Nestled along an unspoiled seashore with crystal clear water as far as the eye can see, Mi Bay Beachside Estates feature private luxury residences for individuals, couples, or families. With the idyllic waterfront community of Merchant Harbor nearby, you'll have shopping, world-class dining, medical services, and the peace of mind of having highly trained town guards just a stone's throw away. Not to mention Merchant Harbor is home to some of the most respected artisans in the brewing and distilling industry. But the pristine silver sand beaches out your front door are just the beginning of nature's many blessings on the island. Every morning, the sun rises over the majestic Uverlumna Mountains and brings its warmth to the fertile farms and orchards of the Valley of Green Gold, one of the most productive agricultural regions in the world. You might say the only downside to Mee Bay Beachside Estates is that there's only a limited number available. We're taking reservations and deposits for construction to begin soon, but we understand if you're on the fence. So we'd like to invite you to come and see your future today. For only 25 gold pieces, we'll arrange first-class travel aboard a luxurious schooner. And after a short journey by sea, you'll arrive in Merchant Harbor, where a Mi Bay Beachside Estates liaison will greet you at the docks and arrange lodging at one of the fine local inns. After a hearty breakfast in the morning, you'll take a tour of the Mi Bay Beachside Estates build site, followed by a scenic wagon ride through the valley. Then enjoy a chef-prepared banquet in your honor. After a short presentation by Mi Bay representatives, you'll have a few days to explore a bit on your own and experience the natural beauty and charm of the region before boarding a ship to get you back home again. Home at least, until you take residence at Mi Bay Beachside Estates. See our Mee Bay Beachside Estates representative at the docks and Baxter for more information and to book your tour today. Space is limited. Some folks have strong opinions about meat. They'll tell you that farm raised beef is real meat. Pork, lamb, goat, chicken. Yeah, that's all real meat, too. But it takes a lot of land, a lot of crops and a whole lot of work to make a pork chop. And that's not just expensive, it's also dangerously inefficient. Now, you hear that sizzle? Well, that's a different kind of real meat. It's real tender. It's real juicy. It's just as real as the best pot roast or leg of lamb you've ever tasted. Best part is it's 100% sustainable. And instead of being a drain on the environment, it helps heal the environment. It leaves virtually no pollution behind, and it grows 20 times faster than a beef steer. Man, I wish you could smell this. But that's not how podcasts work. The next time you're in the mood for a nice thick burger or hearty stew... Think about making it with rot grub instead. Rot grub. Now that's real meat. Paid for by the Rot Grub Checkoff. Live from GSP News in Harkhaven, I'm Skip Nubbins. A massive recall of hundreds of Thule automated utility beings is underway, the result of dozens of safety complaints against the tech startup. The recall comes after users have reported their Thule utility beings breaking from protocols and acting in ways thought to be prohibited by their programming. Several users have suffered severe injuries they claim are the result of malfunctioning Thule products. Thule Industries CEO Gibble Tinkertop has been under fire from consumer watchdog groups for his company's spotty safety record. The worldwide shortage of brewing ingredients may soon be coming to an end after reports that a juvenile dragon turtle, which has been terrorizing a major shipping lane, has been killed. Our correspondent Harry Juniper has details from Crow Island. Clear skies at night may once again be a sailor's delight as a menace to ships has been killed. Struck dead, some say, by another seafaring menace, a pirate ship. This pirate captain claims he steered his ship heroically into the massive dragon turtle. Well, it ain't go to ship, ain't go to pirate life. <laughs> I crossed right into that turtle boy. He didn't know what hit him, and I another thing, I didn't know win. That's right. The dragon turtle was believed to be responsible for the sinking of more than a dozen ships near Crow Island, restricting the export of popular brewing ingredients and supplies. This is GSP News. I'm Skip Nubbins. Oh, Roger. Have you heard what Governor Schellenberg is up to now? What has that bonehead done now? He says he doesn't want investment in Merchant Harbor. He's trying to keep Me Bay Beachside Estates from being built. What? Think of all the jobs that project will create. And having more people spending money coming to Crow Island on vacation and to retire? Why does Governor Schellenberg hate progress and revenue so much? I know, Roger. That's why I'm going to vote for all anne Me too, Buttercup. all anne call Tan is a successful businessman. That's what Crow Island needs. Not some flaky bookworm hiding in a tree. What, Roger? I said not some flaky bookworm hiding, hiding in a tree. Roger. Down, Dodger! 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 Down! 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 down, 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 Dodger! Is that all you need? Because I have a lot more to say about Scout Schoenberg. I could go on for days. I am a land called Tan. And of this message, I approve. We're in the wizard's pouch. And the merchant's purse. We're gems for trade and iron for swords. We're jobs for those in need of work. And we're thriving localized economies. We're Flark Mining Collective. And we believe that if it's in the ground and there's a demand for it, we'll find a way to get it out and sell it. Will it be the safest or most ecologically friendly method we use? (laughs) No. But we'll get the job done. We're Flark Mining Collective. And we're making a better world by digging mines in it. New episodes of the Rated RPG Podcast come out every Monday at midnight, so you've got one fresh to start every week. The Rated RPG livestream happens once a month on the final Tuesday evening of every month. Find out everything you need to know at ratedrpgpodcast.com. And on behalf of everyone around ye old gaming table, thank you for listening to the Rated RPG Podcast.